goofy, lighthearted, and creative are the words that Dana Mock used to describe her brother, who's been missing since July 2nd of 2022. I'm Renee Nelson, and this is Unsolved Wyoming. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode where I interview Dana Mock about her missing brother, Chris Mock. I have to say, for some reason, my audio isn't the cleanest, but I wanted to get this episode out because, well, I think you'll understand when you hear the interview. If you walk away from this episode learning just one thing about Chris, it's how much Dana loves and misses him. Dana, thank you for joining us on Unsolved Wyoming. We're talking about Chris Mock. Who are you and what is your relationship to Chris? I am Dana Mock and I am his older sister. And how many siblings are there? What's the birth order in your family between you guys? It is me and then it is him. I will be 43 and he just turned 40. Okay, so it's just you're the oldest and he's your baby brother? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. All right. And so what was the dynamic growing up? What was the family dynamic growing up for you? Growing up was, it was kind of rough. Um, we lived in Tye Siding, Wyoming, till we were, I was 10, and we moved into town. And, well, my dad was kind of abusive to us. So, um, with me having depression and my brother having depression, it kind of made us steer another way. And I got emancipated at 14, and my brother just ran off. So childhood was kind of rough due to my dad and his actions. But other than that, him and I are so close. And this is weird because if he was to leave, he would at least contact me, even if it was hi or bye or I miss you through someone else's Facebook. This is not like him. Right, this this silence that has been going on for for a long time now. Yes. And so, gosh, to get emancipated so young, I can't imagine how hard that was for you. Yeah, he's stayed with me quite a few times because he has an addiction problem and my parents kind of just disowned him. And it's like, that's your son. He's my brother. Yeah. He's always been with me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so just to clarify, so it sounds like you moved from Thai Siding and you moved to Laramie, Wyoming? Yes. And that's where you're currently located? Yes. Okay. Okay. And so you already elaborated on this a little bit, but what was Chris like growing up and what was your relationship like? He was a goofy. He's goofy just like I am. Um, We had a perfect relationship growing up. My dad had uh, got us really old cars. Um, we restored them. It was like a brother-sister thing. Mm-hmm. And we'd go racing. And, yeah, we were just so close. Like, if I, something happened to me, he was always there. Like, 
guys were messing with me or whatever. And I was there to back him up as well. We've always, always had such a tight relationship. And that has carried on through adulthood. Yes. Like, this is just rough. (laughs) Absolutely. I can imagine. And so tell us more about Chris. What did he want to be when he grew up? Um, I'm not too sure exactly, but he was really good into electronics. He, he could take part anything and put it back together, and it was working in perfect condition. Um, he was a great mechanic. He, you give him an engine or a motorcycle, within an hour, he had it going. Like, he was good at anything he put his mind to. He's a perfect drawer. I mean, a tattoo artist, anything. He so, put his mind to, he could do it. So, so I'm not too sure exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. Just really but, his hands and create yes, like yes, 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 yes. And so already talked about this a little bit too. So it sounds as though things were kind of rough at home. How old was Chris when he ran away from your from your dad? Um, I was 14. Yeah, he was he stayed there for a while because in the long run, my dad ended up favoring him. He got a lot of things he wanted, so he kind of just stayed around for a while. But my dad was an alcoholic, so my brother would just run off for days. and We'd never see him. And then I think when he was like 17, 18, he went and did his own thing. He was on his way, staying with friends, staying with me. He just went his own way because he couldn't handle the stuff at home. And so by 17, 18 years old, he's on his own, living with you here and there. And did that turn into his young adulthood? What was he like then? He was awesome. Like me and him would do everything. Roller skating. He was he was a goofball. He's just like me. He ended up getting the nickname Fid because he's a flip-flop. He's always just like flip-flopping around. So we called him flip-flop fit-a-fid and he was just a goofball when he was young like me and him were doing crazy stuff I mean he always made things funny he always had like a weird accent so when we didn't get a text or I didn't get a text from him I knew something was up because he'd always do things to make you smile and he still does it as of when he was here so yeah so just lighthearted, kind of a fun goofy guy that was yeah you. yeah he was he was a goofball i love that That's, he always made people smile i will and i can t- i can hear in your voice how happy that made you yes yeah. And so, and it sounds like this is part of your favorite things, because that was my, that's my next question, or what are some of your favorite things about Chris? Every time I was sad or something happened to me, because I had a rough ex-boyfriends, whatever, he would go, he would be there, he would comfort me, we'd sit there and cry together, and he'd tell me I I was worth it, because I was in bad depression. So when he was staying with me, we'd just sit there and talk. And he'd hold me. He'd always tell me things would be okay. Then I'd do the same thing. 
Sounds like you guys are really there for each other. Yes. Which I know makes this incredibly hard and it's hard to talk about, but to give us some insight, what was going on in Chris's life prior to his disappearance? He had gotten trouble driving a car that wasn't legalized. He didn't have a license and he was, he's an addict and he was huffing, I don't know, air duster or whatever. And he ended up getting in a wreck. He had multiple illegal things on him and he went to jail for about a year and I they have tablets there so he talked to me say he loved me but his last message was tell the kids I love them and I love you sis like it was in past tense like he knew he was going somewhere he called me when he got out of jail and it did not sound like him like, I don't know what was going on. He did not sound like the same person. And that's the last I heard from him. So, okay, so he gets out of jail. And how soon after him being released is does he go missing? Four days. Four days. And from what my family said... He called everybody in the family, said he was going away. He wouldn't tell anybody where he's going. And he was currently at his fiance's house. Well, it's not really his fiance. It was his girlfriend or is his girlfriend. Um, they fought constantly. And he always just come to me three, four in the morning. I'd go back and forth. Them two fought like cats and dogs. And... I was told, I don't know the actual facts because people just talk. So I guess there was a vehicle there. He was said he was going to Cheyenne, but then he got off walking. Um, I guess she said that he came home, took a shower. And she's like, oh, he said, I'll talk to you when I get out of the shower. And she said she passed out. And I don't know how current, you know what I mean? If my boyfriend got out of jail, why would I pass out? You know what I mean? If they were going to have a conversation, why would you go to bed? And after that, he just, he was gone. And I didn't hear anything from him. My cousin said he currently came over there and he was all weirded out. And he couldn't talk correct. Like, I don't know what was going on with him. And then no one heard from him. Right. And so I'm looking at the article that Jen Coker wrote with Nikki. And so uh, Nikki being uh, Chris's fiance slash girlfriend. And very similar to what you said, it says, quote, before he left, he told her he had something to tell her that he didn't want to conceal from her any longer. Had been late, and he said that they would talk as soon as he got out of the shower. Gallegos had fallen asleep in the interim while waiting for him, and when she woke up, he was gone. He'd written, I love you, beautiful, and lipstick on the mirror, and left a new bracelet for her on the table. I do not know about any of that. Okay. No, and that's fine. And so, but but very much that, you know, he was going to have this conversation with her, and 
she fell asleep and she he was gone when by the time she woke up correct he told her he had a secret and when he got out of the shower he was gonna explain that to her i guess and he was gone (laughs) and you have no idea what that secret is nope did he mention that secret to you he did not but i do know she borrowed money to get him out of jail from some bad people and then she was supposed to pay it back and these bad people came to the house banging on it saying they were going to kill him and he owed they owed or he owed them money for helping get him out of jail and then he's gone i talked to a psychic i don't know how current or how accurate a psychic is there was three people involved they took him to fox park and there's an underground bunker they od'd him he's sitting on a chair slumped over and this is a psychic yes there's three people involved and miraculously there was three people involved with the drug thing and I don't know. <laughs> it makes me question because then people are really bad. Right. And and so let's elaborate on the drug thing a little bit. So what what's the drug thing that you're referring to? He was really bad into the meth thing. He hung out with dealers and people were hurting people over owing them $30. You know what I mean? And this was $260. So like they both hung out with really bad people and Nikki was kind of with the bad people when he was in jail. So I think the bad people kind of like got mad, whatever, and took it out on my brother. And I have not seen him. I've tried to talk to one of them that I think is involved and he's really messed up on drugs. And every time I talked to him about making flyers and I put up flyers and I was crying, he'd kind of corner himself off saying, I, I hope I didn't hurt him. I hope I didn't hurt him. I don't know if it was the drugs talking, but every time I get around that guy, he acts really funny. Like he knows something or he did something, but I cannot prove it. Right. And so I, I think that's what's so hard about this case with your brother is that because he was released from jail but was looking at facing more prison time correct yes Um, and so calling everybody telling that he's leaving so so there's that aspect but then there's also this other aspect of money owed and you know him being involved with drugs and and the people who are you know involved with the drugs and then there's kind of like this third aspect too where you know i i guess i just you know it's it's very it's very concerning right like in terms of he left without took his cell phone it sounds like but he left his possessions including his wallet and prescribed medication as well as eyeglasses yes he could not see very well without his glasses so 
it's so it's just it's so bizarre right and so in in one instance it looks like maybe you know he was dodging potentially going in you know for a longer prison you know for a prison time and then in another instance it kind of looks like you know potentially something malicious happened to him and then in another instance it kind of looks like he left but not with the intention of disappearing right like he would be yes like he was gonna he just went for you know some smokes or something i don't know it's very strange yeah he just took off and no one heard from him and i've heard there was sightings in cheyenne and detectives that i've talked to said they asked what if he decorated his crutches or what his crutches look like and if he used one crutch i mean he has one leg why would he use one crutch so I don't know if they found his crutch. No one will tell me. But I've been working with the detective. And he's... I've been helping him. Uh, he gives me names. And I give him the information. So I check in with that detective every week. And there's still no leads. There's still nothing. So I've been kind of digging myself. Like, kind of secretly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Um, really on social media asking for information and assistance and and all kinds of stuff so I know you're definitely working this case on your own yeah I've put up flyers missing flyers and my dad and his wife keep taking them down right they they totally believe oh he he just went he doesn't want to FaceTime he just left that's not if he just left, he would have got a hold of me. He would have done something. He would have said something. Like, out of all the people, I know he would have sent me something. I know he would have. And not just that, but there is kind of a weird situation between your brother and dad and his girlfriend, correct? Yes, there is. Um, When my brother's in jail, like, on the weekends, Oh, man. We all kind of thought my brother, fiance at the time, was messing around with my dad. And it made my brother so depressed. And by the time we caught it two years after, my dad had literally beat the living crap out of my brother. My brother came back and rebelled. And they beat up my dad. And my brother still has resentment to that. He never really went around my dad and that girl... I don't claim, but he's not been the same really since that. He's like been relapsing back to addiction just to cover his pain. It's it's all incredibly complicated because I feel like that's another layer to this disappearance, right? In that there's, you know, this kind of tense relationship there. We have, you know, obviously involvement with with drugs and people drugs and people who are dealing with them and then as well as you know the potential you know uh prison time so i mean there's right. just a lot of potential things that could have gone wrong right yeah. and so i and and so you, you mentioned that relapsing so that to me says that chris would attempt to get sober yes he when he lived with me um i told him no drugs no nothing he was good for about one, two months, and we'd do cook for each other, happy, and then I went to sleep, woke up one night, he had all of his little drug friends in my living room, 
And I said, none of that's going to happen here. And they ne- he never did it again. But he's, he was still doing the stuff. And I told him, you know what, you got to go. I was like, and then he was stealing from me, all that kind of stuff. And I couldn't do it. I love him to death, but lying and stealing is something I can't deal with. Right. So he went and stayed with Nikki and them two fought like cats and dogs. Like I'd be texting her, texting him, trying to mediate between the whole situation. He'd take off walking. I'd go pick him up. He'd stay with me. I mean, this was an ongoing thing for like a whole year. So, yeah, I don't know. Their relationship was not the greatest. <laughs> right. And it sounds like they dated on and off. Yes. Like they were kids. Yep. They've known each other for God knows how long. So, so in, and I think that's, you know, one of those things too, when we talk about people who are experiencing addiction, right? When they do these things like stealing and lying, right? It's not them. It's, it's the addiction who's. Yes operating for them which is why you kept yourself there for your brother and you yep. made sure that you you stay connected regardless of what capacity things were in yeah my parents kind of like since he was doing drugs they're like i disown you i don't want you around da, da, da. like your kid come on like so i took him in and he's like, you're the only one. He's, he felt I was the only one that loved him and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I went through it. And I got all my windows broken out. And he was there to save me. And so I know how people, when they're addicted on drugs, and they do things that they don't remember they do. And I think that might have been something that he was going through, dealing with. I don't exactly know how all that stuff goes, but I think he he just hit rock bottom and relationship with his dad wasn't going right, wasn't going good with his friends, wasn't going good with his girlfriend. So he'd just go do his own thing and no one would hear from him for days and then he'd just pop up. So yeah. what's the longest that you would go without talking to your brother? If, you know, when he would kind of go on these weird, short, disappear, like, would you, would, would he talk to you every day or would he also not talk to you? Oh, he'd get a hold of me all the time. Or the people he was with, they'd be like, oh, your brother's here. Gotcha. Like, all right, thank you. So even though he was disconnecting from everybody else, he always stayed connected to you. Always. Like, there wouldn't be... He'd maybe not talk to me for, what, four days, whatever. But then someone would eventually get a hold of me because they know how close we were. It just, this is unbelievable. Right. I feel like I'm living a dream. Yeah, because I, yesterday it sounded like your your partner mentioned that you, you talked every day. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, he'd send us these goofy little text messages like, ding, ding, ding. And he'd use accents and say goofy things to make us happy and laugh he was always like that I think it helped him emotionally it helped me emotionally but he's always been a goofball (laughs) he's always tried to stay positive I've tried to keep him positive along with his friends but he was just I guess he was just having 
problems in life and the drugs kind of took over in my opinion because he couldn't handle the heartache the depression he wouldn't he wouldn't take his meds he'd take his meds in jail because that's really the only option he had so when he got out he was dealing with more issues so i think he just said screw it and he knew he was facing time so i think that maybe be that's one first one reason he ran i'm hoping he just ran right right and so because the police investigation and so i did reach out to the detective that you forwarded me and to get a, a quote from them and they did say we appreciate you reaching out regarding chris's disappearance the investigation is open and ongoing and there's no additional information to be shared with the public at this time but the open and ongoing and from what you shared they are looking into people they are trying to cooperate if there are actual sightings or not they are working the investigation yes i'm glad i got that detective because i know he's doing the best he can and he texts me like we're in that close situation to where I feel comfortable with him helping me. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And and I think that's incredible that, you know, you do, you, you are texting with the detective who is working, you know, your brother's case and is keeping you as in the loop as he probably can. And so I think that's fantastic. And I will say that he's probably one of the quickest to uh, law enforcement <laughs> to get back to me. So I do appreciate that. Shout out to Laramie PD for that. And so, but right now, if let's say Chris is listening to this episode of the podcast, what is it that you want him to know? Hope so. That I love him. I want him to come home. I don't care if he's spun out. I don't care if he's on drugs. I just want to hear from him. Like, say hi. Let me know you're alive or something. Like, I just want some closure. You know what I mean? I love him to death. I want him to know that. And I'm sure he does know that. Like, I think maybe he's not getting a hold of me because of the time. But I tell him I love him. And I want him to come home. Every holiday I get him something, make him a cake. Valentine's Day stuff. It's all just sitting there in his room on his bed. I just want him home. I just he just reach out to me. I just want him to reach out to me. I want a hug. He used to always kiss me on my forehead. I miss it. I'm so sorry. And I I hope if anybody is listening to this and hears your pain and they know something that they do the right thing. Yeah. I think everybody knows how close we were. Man. I mean, and I'll include in in the end of the episode your brother's description. And that I'll just remind people here too, and I'll remind them again at the end of the episode is that if you do know anything about Chris's whereabouts or have information on Chris's disappearance, you can reach out to Chris Criminal Investigation anonymously. Yes. Or 
And so, you know, there's no fear of repercussions because it does sound like there are some nefarious people who may be involved uh, that your brother, you know, was dealing with. And so I can understand people being hesitant, but they can reach out and anonymously report to division investigations. Please. Someone has to know something. Someone has to know something. And I know they're scared to reach out, but please, someone has to. Oh my God. (laughs) You're sharing this part of yourself with us and talking to us about your brother. And I really hope that you find out. So do I. And I tried so hard not to cry. I told you that, but every time his name comes up, it's okay. It is hard. Is there anything else that you would like to say to listeners or to let people know about? Just please, if you see him or anybody that looks like him, please get a hold of us. Please get a hold of the police station. I will post my number and my email if necessary. Um, if he's hurt, if he's doing something bad. Just get a hold of me. Like anything. Anything's better than nothing. I mean, I just need something. I need closure. Yeah. Remain anonymous if you have to. I just need something. I need to know where he is and what he's doing. I'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, Dana. All right. I will need help. Christopher Delmock, age. 39, was last seen in Laramie, Wyoming on July 2nd, 2022. He is a white male, approximately 6'2", 140 pounds, with blue eyes and red hair. Christopher was last seen wearing an orange shirt, blue jeans, and black shoes with white stripes. He is known to wear glasses but does not have them or his medication that is required with him. Christopher has a scar on his abdomen left eye and right eye, and tattoos on his hand, left shoulder, right calf, right shoulder, and both upper arms. He is also missing his left leg. Anyone with information or in contact with Christopher is requested to contact the Laramie Police Department at 307-721-2526 or the Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigation at 307-777-7181. And just a reminder, folks, you can submit tips anonymously through the DCI website, which is hyperlinked in the show notes. You heard Dina. She is in a lot of pain. And if you know anything, do the right thing. And I do have the updates from DCI. Unfortunately, Desiree and I could not connect this week because the schedule has been crazy for both of us, mostly me with sick kids, but here we go. A mother's post made its way to Missing People Wyoming group. Her teenage daughter was potentially lured from Nebraska to Oregon with help from community members. Her daughter was found in Casper, Wyoming. The Cheyenne Police Department asked for assistance in locating a juvenile runaway via Facebook. They were found shortly after. The family of Noah Jones has asked for assistance in locating him and the post made its way to Missing People of Wyoming Facebook group. He is 17 years old with long brown hair and brown eyes, last seen in Lander. If you have any information, please contact the Lander Police Department at 307-332-3131. 
The family of Isabel Wagen is asking for assistance in locating her on the Missing People of Wyoming Facebook group. She was last seen February 26 in Casper, Wyoming, and is potentially heading out of town or out of state with an adult male driving a charcoal gray F-150. She is 15 years old and has medicine, not with her. She was last seen wearing a black sweatshirt and a black skull hoodie. If you have any information, please contact the Casper Police Department at 307-235-8278. DCI has removed three cases from their database, one from Platte County and the others from Natrona County. They have added one new case. Payson Linus Gold, age 15, was last seen on February 22nd in Fremont County. He is a Native American male, approximately 5'6", 145 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. He was last seen wearing a long sleeve red shirt, blue jeans, and Packer boots. Anyone with information, please contact the Wind River Agency at 307-332-3112. And of course, with all cases, you can contact Wyoming DCI at 307-777-7181. They also have the option to submit tips anonymously on their website. And for folks who have been following the case of Joseph Sloan, law enforcement has released a statement that... Family members located Joseph Sloan deceased in a rural area of Laramie County, Wyoming on Saturday afternoon, February 25th of 2023. Foul play is not suspected. The Laramie County Sheriff's Office is handling the investigation. The department worked closely with family and other agencies during the search for Joseph. They wish to thank the Nebraska State Patrol. The Air Wing spent many hours on the search over the two days. The Goshen County Sheriff's Office of Torrington, Wyoming, the Laramie County Sheriff's Office, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then Wyoming Highway Patrol for the assistance they provided. Thanks for joining me this week, folks. I'll be sending the audio out for cleanup and we'll reload the episode when it's completed. Until next week. <music>